Attention Life Tips listeners, looking for better ways to become better, smarter, faster, and wiser? Well, listening to Life Tips is a great start, but how about if we gave you an easier way to listen? Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Listen to Life Tips and even more programs that will help you build to a better health, wealth, and lifestyle. Download the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play today. Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Making your life smarter better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Life Tips Show, everyone. Byron White, your host here with Eleanor Stutz. Eleanor, welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Byron. We are going to have a lot of fun discussing a number of different books you've read. Um, Tell me a little bit about your uh, illustrious background, which has led you to be world famous now with (laughs) several (laughs) other books you've written. You're a well-recognized author. What, what, what has been the inspiration and, and motivation that has had you continue on? Well, thank you so much for that. It was, I think, because of the harsh treatment I received in the corporate world when I first began. They didn't believe a woman could sell. I proved that theory wrong. And I wanted to encourage women everywhere, as well as men, that whatever you set your mind to, you can achieve. Your latest book is called Inspired Business. That that want to return back to the women rule the world uh, mentality because I'm a big believer and fan of that. Um, but I want to talk about your latest book for just a second as well. It's called Inspired Business. Could you tell us a little bit about that book? Yes, it's very unusual where the spiritual world meets business development in a big yeah. way, and it stems from my story of having endured a broken neck. And while I was on a stretcher, I heard the surgeon predicting to my family I'd wake up at best case paralyzed if I woke up at all versus my having two visions come to me. And those two visions predicted what I could grow into and who I could become and how to lead a better business life. When did you have that experience? Was it well before you wrote Nice Girls and in some of your other books? Yes, it was about 11 years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, the, writing my first book was actually a marketing strategy, so once again, if you believe you can do something, go for it. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. The odds were all against me. My first try, the first publisher said yes, and it became an international bestseller. Hmm. Now, we've had some other guests on the show, actually, talk a little bit about their life-changing experiences and how that became a catalyst for, for really everything they've done in their lives. Um, you know, tell us about that experience for you. What did the recovery look like? You know, did you, in fact, wake up paralyzed and overcome that? Or tell us about some of the logistics for this awful injury uh, and, and how it really became a motivator for you to fight on. Well, the two visions had me so excited that night that in ICU, I mentally wrote out my first business plan. The next morning, the surgeon predicted the paralysis when I was expecting encouragement, and I shot back, no, I expect to be 
well, 100%. And hours later, he was standing over me saying, it's a miracle. You're going to walk out of here in four days. Wow. And that's truly what happened. Hmm. Was it, did you have surgery or what, 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 what was the catalyst for, for the, the process? Yes, I did have surgery. Pins and screws are in my neck. Uh-huh. And I have great movement, sleep well at night, um, and I'm thankful for every day. Even if I realize now, even if you think you're having a bad day, it's actually a terrific day because you can do whatever your heart pleases. Hmm. Let's jump over to Nice Girls for a second and that particular book. Um, you know, I really do. I do think that there are exciting things happen happening these days with uh, women and their incredible DNA structure, if you will, of being thorough, being inspirational to be around, being detail-oriented, being incredible communicators. Um, And, you know, this comes from somebody that used to work at Arthur Anderson years ago with a completely male-dominated environment, but the best bosses that I had were, interestingly enough, women. Um, And uh, tell me a little bit about that and, and you know, uh, you know, the the book is entitled "Nice Girls Do Get the Sale: Relationship Building That Gets Results." Tell us a little bit about that best-selling book. The book traces my entire career from the beginning when I was. They were trying to force me out because they didn't believe a woman could sell. The book was entitled such because I was up against the biggest and the best while I was selling an unknown brand to copier. And it was a very difficult decision because the person on a personal level liked me the best. So she asked me to take a Saturday off to go drive to her home to meet her husband, who was better schooled in business, she said. And I knew that to be polite, you always take something personally made to someone's home. And I happened to have a banana bread homemade that was in my freezer, and I took it. And she couldn't believe that she had asked me to take a Saturday off, and yet I went out of my way to bring that to her. So she said, never mind meeting with my husband, the contract's in the kitchen, you've got the sale. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about relationship building and, you know, deepening the relationship that you have with your customers and how women can effectively do that. Is there a disarming factor going on? Tell us some of your principles of of, of getting getting to to the sale. Well, I believe the best way is to lead with questions. Once you get past the small talk and say something nice about the office and thank you for your time, the best question to ask is, you must be so busy. What was it that caught your attention that agreed to see me today? That eliminates all the BS such as I was just curious. It gets to the heart of the matter. And then when you're in the heart of the matter, you do you are able to communicate heart-to-heart and develop a personal relationship. Hmm. Tell me your thoughts on teaching and, tra- and training professionals on how to sell. And remember that we have so much noise coming at us right now with inbound marketing and how cold calling is dead and, and no one wants to be interrupted with a call. I mean, we're getting... We're getting a lot of data coming at us that's it's almost telling us sales are dead. No one wants to go into sales anymore, but sales are an art, and I'm trying to I'd love to get your thoughts on that. You know is this art dying you know or do or do we need to be getting better? What's happening in sales in general? 
It is an art, but you also have to become a whiz at marketing, too, and know how to use social media. I believe you have to stay ahead of the curve if you want to be in sales on all the technology, and it makes, it makes for a very long day. And online, certainly, content is king, and you have to use that sample mentality of ice cream shops of putting out free content just enough so that people like what you say and they're attracted to what you have to say, and then they'll call you. So online, it's attraction marketing that sells, and in person, sometimes you have to cold call, sometimes you have to pick up the phone and do your best to reach people. But I, I suggest a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. How... Do you get into that, by the way, in the book, you know, using social media, using uh, the multi-platform approach and, and, and how women can do that creatively? In Inspired Business, it's actually a comprehensive business development package. Mm-hmm. I write every possibility you could think of, everything that I've done and how to do it, the success that I've found. I'd like to mentor people in my books, so that's what I've done. Hmm. Let's jump over to that. I'm interested in that chapter. Give me some, give me some of the different uh, uh, techniques that that have been successful for you as you've as you've accomplished so many things in your life. Well, as we were mentioning, that the days are much longer now because there's so much we need to do. Time efficiency is essential. So if you write a blog, it can be expanded into an article. If you know somebody who has an article. Uh, community, you can contribute to theirs because they're going to help market it for you, and then you can take sound bites from those articles, put them in tweets. When you collect enough articles that can become a book or a manual, possibly CD, well, CD is old technology, but MP3 to go out to iTunes. So you get all the different formats for one thought. And are you experimenting early on with what sticks and what gets what's hot and then finding those things that seem to resonate well with your user and then taking those to the next level? Is that kind of the thinking behind it? Yes, that's what I've been doing. And some of the older technology that I use that people really seem to appreciate, I'm revamping into newer technology. And I'm going to be putting some of that previous formatting into Kindle books. That's the next project. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about how you market your books and yourself. You're a speaker as well, um, and you've got you know, a pretty colorful background in being at OpenView Labs. You were designated as one of the top, top 25 top sales influencers in 2012. Tell us a little bit about that. What, what Tell us about being a sales influencer. That's kind of a cool thing. Sign <laughs> sales me up for influencer. <laughs> well, I believe what happened with that was I was an early adopter of social media. People screamed at me that I was going to lose everything if I dared to do such a daring thing. And my thought was, well, the economy felt there was no choice. And I learned, the lesson learned there was you do need to be an early adapter, and I gained big followings because I learned the better techniques which are shared in the book. And it attracts wider audiences. When you can communicate in different areas on YouTube, online, in person, through writing, 
you just have access to so many more people and then those people share with their followings and it just becomes exponential. It helps hugely. And yes, I do deliver inspirational keynotes at conferences and offer team training. Hmm. What are what do people tend to look for uh, when they engage you for uh, for training? I'm interested in the training part of your business and the private coaching part of your business. What 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 outcomes are they looking for when they engage your services? Well, it's interesting because you were talking about sales not the same anymore, and people are kind of burned out. So frequently, they want motivation. Uh, ideas and thoughts put into the attendees' minds to keep them on the track for persevering and not giving up. Giving up is the most uh, difficult thing for an employer or for some, an entrepreneur. What are some of the motivating ideas that you, you bring to the table? You can't tell us all your secrets, I know, but just just you know help share some of the riveting uh, you know, aspects of, of, of motivation. It's such a fascinating topic and so difficult to explain or express. Well, there are two thoughts I'd like to share with you. One, opportunity exists wherever you are willing to seek it out. And number two, a lot of people need to do a mind shift, in my opinion. They think negatively. When you think negatively, not good things are going to come about. But when you change a negative thought to a positive, and for some people they actually need to document this and keep track of the changes they're making in their thought process, they will begin to think positively and then document the good things that are coming about. I know I, I completely changed my mindset after I walked out of the hospital and the opportunities that are coming my way are incredible. I want you to comment about negative people for a second. There seems to be people that are wired in such a way, maybe because of their belief structure or because of something about them, that they just continue to look at that empty glass. They continue to see the negative things of the world. Can you comment on that a little bit? And it's not just women, by the way, or it's men and women. What is this negative vibe that seems to be coming across so many people these days? And how do you overcome I, that? Well, I don't want to get into politics, but I think the news is affecting everybody and the poor economy. But I believe we have to get past that. What can we personally do? What's the power within ourselves? to make a difference, maybe not in the lives of everybody, but in our own life and the, those that we network with and encounter on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I believe we can make a positive difference, and if everybody worked on this, then perhaps our society would be a happier place to be. Mm. Let's take a break, everyone, and then we're going to come back with another, yet another book, um, that Eleanor wrote called Hired, How to Use Sales Techniques to Sell Yourself on Interviews. Back in just a minute. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. 
Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Come visit us at AdTech New York, booth number 738. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Best Search Strategies. Where our hosts, Jamie Smith and Brian Lewis, discuss state-of-the-art search strategies and tools to help search marketers increase conversion and lower costs. Best Search Strategies. On demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Eleanor, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Let's talk about selling ourselves. Not our souls, mind you, just ourselves on, <laughs> on interviews. Tell us a little bit about that book. Well, in, early in my career, they weren't happy that a woman was a top producer, so I was motivated to go find another job. And I quickly recognized that interviewing follows the sales cycle 100%. And if you know the sales cycle, you can sell yourself on almost any interview. 
And of course, there are been some really cool books written these days about how to screen people, and uh, you know, employers are getting much smarter these days with hiring people, right? So, do you think that interviews really are still all about selling yourself, or is it positioning yourself, or is it learning and, and the characteristics that you show? Is it you know explaining the obstacles of what might have gone wrong on your resume? I mean, this is a complicated animal out there. Can you kind of strip it down for us and, and resolve some of these issues and, and the focal point of what you think your role should be when you go on an interview? Yes. Uh, very simply put, people buy from people they know, like, and trust. So before an interview, you do thorough research about the company and try to figure out how your skill set might solve their problems and think about why they might be inviting you in. That's step number one. When you're there, the best all-time question to get it on the right track is very similar to what I said before, is to ask, you must receive so many resumes, what was it about mine that prompted you to invite me in today? Mm -hmm. I, I love that question, by the way, and hearing it a second time further reinforces that when we apply it to the interview process. I just got out of an interview uh, with somebody, and I knew exactly why she was in front of me, but had she had asked that, it would have almost sped up the whole interview process to sort of go right at that, the fundamental of why I think, uh, you know. Another thing that bothers me about interviews, and maybe I'm crazy, but I'll get to the interview and I'll say, do you have any questions? Bulk, nothing. I have no questions for you, Byron. What is up with that? Can you explain to people why you're, you're sitting down and interviewing somebody? Wouldn't you want to learn about the company or the, the obstacles? Why do people shy away from asking questions, Eleanor? Do you have any knowledge of that? I think it's because they feel insecure and it might make them look stupid if they ask questions, so they sit there. But my advice is... An interview is a two-way conversation. Primarily, it's about how you'll help solve the company's problems. It's not about you. Mm -hmm. But when you show an interest and you ask questions about what's being said, it shows you have a keen interest. And again, it goes to developing the relationship and the trust. Mm. I have a flip side question for you. Let's say I contracted you to help uh, my company hire people. Can you explain to me the reverse part of, uh, of, of interviewing for a job and flip yourself over to the, the, uh, the employer hiring, you know, in the high, throughout the hiring process. My question is, is there a formula that companies can use to screen uh, prospect candidates and learn who's not only a great interviewer, but who would be a great candidate for a particular job? Do you believe in that screening ability? Uh, do you feel it's a fundamental, important part of a company's role in building a team that will perform day in and day out? I really don't know how to answer that question in all honesty. And I'd like to say that really goes to getting hired is that when you honestly say, I don't know the answer to the question, that people again trust you. I, I wouldn't know, but I have to tell you, I, and I don't know that everybody in the hiring world would have this. I have in, intuitive power, apparently, where I get a good feel 
or read about the person, and I'm usually right on target. So that would be an advantage if some of the people hiring could tune into that and pay attention to it. Yeah, it, it, there's a wonderful book um, by Jeff Smart and Randy Street called Who. I just happen to be reading it um, right now, but it's really mesmerizing to me. It, they think, for example, just to, to talk a little bit about the, sc- the screening uh, interview that one has to have, they think that there are four and only four primary questions that you need to ask a candidate that you're interviewing. Uh, the first question is, what are your career goals? Um, the second is, what are you really good at professionally? The third one is, what are you not good at or not interested in doing professionally? And the fourth one is, um, who are your last five bosses and how will they each rate your performance on a scale of 1 to 10 when, when we talk to them, right? So even looking at one of those questions, the first question, you know, that's really key because this is the first question that you as an employer would ask somebody, and it's powerful uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. You get to hear how the candidate's goals and passions uh, about the candidate's goals and passions really before you taint them with your own comments and your own discussions. So it's, it's very important that you as an employer ask question. you know, tell me about your career goals, right? So you haven't told them anything about your company. You're learning from ground zero, right, exactly letting them have the first words to try to see if this is a good match, right? So ideally, a candidate would share their career goals that match your company's needs, right? Um, and it'd be like, wow, you know, um, that's amazing. That's exactly what we're looking for. But if they don't, if, they're not, if you're not happy with, the, with their career goals and where they want to go, um, if their goals lack, you know, uh, if they lack goals or uh, sound like an echo of your website or, you know, some, something else, then that would, th- you might want to screen that person out. Does that make sense? It does, and so it would also make sense on the other side of the coin that the candidate really does need to research the company in full detail to be able to answer that question succinctly and intelligently to Mm -hmm. make it to the real interview. I think that's a good point. I think it's also a good point, and you back it up, that talented people really know what they want to do, and they're not afraid to tell you about it, Right. Like, that's the confidence part right there, Eleanor, that I think is critical when it comes to, uh, you know, finding out what's inside of somebody, which is really what you're trying to do. Um, The candidate that I was in front of today that I was interviewing, she knows exactly what she does not want to do, and she knows what she wants to do. And she's not afraid to take some steps backwards in her career um, because she's extremely motivated to, to, to again, chasing what she really wants to do. And I thought that that's was... That's great insight. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's, again, well, you know, it's, it's, it, these are hard fundamentals. And I think, you know, it, it seems to me like, you know, hired, how to use sales techniques to sell yourself. I mean, it's right off the bat, you know, using questions, um, all the things we've talked about spot on, um, but let's let's go back to you. I'm interested in you. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. have you tell me a little bit about your career path? You would mention that you're monstrously successful in just about any role you've ever had. Is that correct? And can we talk about that a little bit more and get under under underneath the, your skin here to learn why that is? 
Oh, it's motivation, and it goes back, I think, to watching my dad watching sports, and he always used to be so delighted when the the underdog team wound up winning, or if it was tied in the end, and they would win, and he'd do a half-hour monologue, it seemed, Mm. and that was the lesson to never give up, to keep persevering no matter what happens, and I've done that all my life. Mm-hmm. And trust me, the dirty tricks played on me that first year in sales were unconscionable. But I couldn't quit because I had teenagers at home. As an entrepreneur, economy changed, technology changed. There were lots of ups and downs, but I kept with it. And I kept trying to find a better way. Tell me about some of your successes at, at these companies. I mean, I know you made an exit and left some companies, but... Where were you the number one rep, for example, in that company? What company were you working for, or can you not tell me that? Well, I prefer not to share the name of the company, but here's one wonderful story. A rep prior to me had really screwed up this account, and the woman stood me up three times when I asked to meet with her. I usually had a policy of once or twice being stood up, but three times never. Anyways, I wanted to get into this account because I wanted it to be on my resume, Fortune 500 company. So I called her up and took the motherly approach and said, you must be embarrassed by standing me up so many times, and I could hear a giggle. So she agreed to five minutes. When I went in, there was a clock behind her, and she was mid-sentence. I said, oh, my goodness, excuse me for interrupting you, but I see six minutes have passed. I promised you five. Do you want me to leave? She turned beet red and said, absolutely not. <laughs> within, three, within three months, because I built relationships with everyone I met, I had the entire campus. That's awesome. Even the way you tell that story, Eleanor, is so awesome. <laughs> Thank it, you. <laughs> it's a great... I love those stories. They weren't fun in yes. the beginning, you know, yes. when you're going through it. But looking mm-hmm. back, I'm mm-hmm. kind of proud of that. <laughs> Yes, well, you should be, and, and, and also the, the way you tell the story. Now, how, tell me about storytelling. I'm sort of interested in that. Um, you know, when, when you're getting to know people are you and, and selling to them, are you telling them stories like this? Are you, are you revealing who you are to people? Do you believe in that methodology? Absolutely. Years ago, I took a Dale Carnegie public speaking class, and that's where I learned to do that. It made all the difference. Uh But it's part of people getting to know you. It's the human touch. And so when someone says something that you have a similar experience with, when they're done with their sentence, say, yes, I know what you're talking about. This was my experience. Keep it to one to two minutes and then go back to where you last left the conversation off. It really serves to build the relationship, people liking and trusting you. And that's Mm -hmm. a step closer to the sale. Can you write a book on how to be liked? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I excel in that in my personal life. I'm just joking. You definitely <laughs> do. people love me in the business world. <laughs> well, I can see why bosses and customers and everyone else in the business world, but you have a sense about you that's very likable. But I do want to be serious about this for a second. Being likable is very important, right? And there are some people that are just not likable, right? Like, I don't know what it is about them, but they're just they're not likable, Um 
Can you comment on that? And, 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 and has that figured into any of your perceptions of people uh, and the training that you're doing for betterment? Yes. Uh, one, one style in particular on a personal note, I know some people, when they have an opportunity to talk, they'll talk for half an hour where it should only take maybe a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. And my mind is drifting. It's not fun being in their presence. Yeah. And I know some salespeople do that. People don't want to listen. They want to be put in the spotlight. And you let the customer talk. In fact, I was taught that salespeople should talk 40% of the time at best case. And that's what I try to do. Yes, I think that there's there's a problem with talking. But there's also a problem with just, you know, being... Um, you know, I want to call it, um, you know, adding a little honey to your DNA, you know, uh, you know, becoming adorable, you know, rather than just, uh, you know, viewing yourself as this super knowledgeable, ego-centered person. Um, my dad's a professor of philosophy, for example, at the University of Maine, and he is adorable in so many ways. Um, <laughs> he cares about people around him. He's an incredible person, uh, motivating person to be around. He genuinely is, is inquisitive and just, you know, everything they'd ever want. But at the same time, you know, you, you, you just say, he's just adorable. You just want to hug him all the time, you know, because of, of who he is. Um, That's a wonderful testimonial. I love it. Well, it's true. And it's everybody who meets him feels the same way. And he's in his mid-80s now. And he's getting more adorable as he gets older, you know, so... <laughs> Uh, which is, I didn't think would be humanly possible, but it is. But, but, but I want you to focus on that word adoration for a second, because it's very interesting. It's hard to teach people, in my opinion, how to be adorable. Do you, don't you agree with that? Yes. Yes, it's part of generosity and giving. Mm-hmm. And the way I approach sales and business is about how can I help you? not how can I sell to you, or let's find ways in which we can help one another. Mm-hmm. That works so much better than let's set an appointment so I can sell my product or service to you. Yeah. What does is, what is sales 2.0 look like to you? Like let's, let's forget about 2.0, probably 4.0. What is a sale going to look like in, let's say, five years from now? Well, it's changing already. I come from the corporate world where it was almost cloak and dagger and you never shared any information. Everything is shared online now. And the next step is collaboration. More and more people are going to turn to it. In fact, I don't just post articles on my site or on the internet. I contribute to a team of writers and that team of writers is getting all kinds of recognition. So collaboration in as many ways as possible, I believe, is the new way for doing business and offering the testimonials and the opportunities and sharing ideas. There are a lot of people whom I brainstorm with. I could pay somebody a lot of money for coaching but wouldn't get any better insight than from my friends that I actually met online. You've really become an incredible marketer yourself. As we close out today, do you have any secrets uh, that you could share with 
your own business has just completely taken off. Um, you know, you're from speaking to the sales of your books and best-selling books, I might add. You know, is this just plain Eleanor being Eleanor or uh, truly a marketing guru with visionary ideas and ability to articulate really your vision clearly and elegantly and execute it? Um, you know, what do you think has, has been this catalyst for your incredible success? I, first of all, I want you to know I greatly appreciate the question. I'm pretty humble, and I think I'm just being me in my books, and I wonder how did they become international bestsellers because I'm just telling what happened. I think the part that makes the difference is doing it in a mentoring way to reach out, share everything I know, and help those people coming up behind me. That's what makes the bigger difference. And the secret ingredient for building business is community service. That's actually how my second book, Hired, came about. I spent years teaching groups of job seekers how to sell themselves on interviews. After the economy died, I realized that people were out of work and needed those skills, and so the book came about. And I really believe uh, people told me I have a heart-based business, and I laugh how that would be viewed in corporate America. But that's what it takes to be successful. And people see you working from the goodness of your heart, they're more willing to help you in return. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's the message there. Mm. Well, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show today, Eleanor. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Byron. I love chatting with you. It was great. (laughs) That's awesome. Hey, who do you want to get a hold of you, and, uh, and, and how can they get a hold of you? My phone number is 800-704-1499. My website, I have a blog on there, and much information is smoothsale, that's S-A-L-E dot net, and my email is Eleanor, E-L-I-N-O-R, at smoothsale dot net. I welcome questions because that gives me more ideas for writing, and I never use your name, I promise. (laughs) And... Um, you know, you have a consulting business, a speaking business. You, of course, are selling your books. Are there any other businesses that you'd like to share or uh, types of customers that you like to bring on, either, even for private coaching or, you know, just tell us a little bit about that part of your business? I like to work with people who are motivated to succeed, who really want the information, the way I succeeded was to do a lot of self-study and then hire coaches at least once a year to further advance my business. And so people with the same frame of mind, whoever I can teach, I'm happy to. And should you know of any upcoming conventions in 2014, I would love to know about them, put my hat in to speak. Tell me a little uh, final question. Um Tell me what your next book might be. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, probably about leadership and uh, taking community service a step further and really highlighting what can be done when you're ready to step up, get the experience you need, and really play a bigger game. Sounds great. Well, we'll welcome you back to the show here anytime, Eleanor. Thank you so much for being a guest today. 
Thank you, Byron. On a side note, if you would like a copy of my book, Inspired Business, or the other one, I'd be very happy to send it. Just let me know to where. Terrific. We'll set that up. Uh, Until next uh, week, everyone, hope your life's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.